0: There were some things that even Obama did during his administration along the southern border that I just flat out do not agree with. Again, they come against the standard of love. Today on Emerging Daily. Anybody that's even remotely associated with what's going on in Washington will tell you it's very chaotic. And it has been ever since Trump's been in there. If you elect celebrities, it's always not a great idea. Arnold's a little old school. Arnold, how will you handle immigration? I will build a wall. <laughs> and even the Chinese go, that will not f- work. You've got this person in there that's arrogant, and the only reason he's really trying to do this is because it's one of the main things he ran his campaign on, and he hasn't been able to do it. What's his name there in Houston? Uh, Joel Osteen. Should they use? Should they not use their platform to say, "Wait a minute, this is not how love looks. This is not how love acts. This is not how love works." By 1961, the year that the wall was built, you had up to 3,000 people a day leaving, fleeing, immigrating illegally from East Germany to West Germany. Even though. At the time the wall was built, there were 3000 people a day crossing that small border. West Germany wasn't crying out, "Let's build a wall to stop these people from coming over here because they're trying to get a better life." No, they did not. West Germany did not build the wall. It was Eastern.
1: Any person in Davidson County who shoots someone who is running away from him, shoots them in the back and kills them needs to be held accountable. This is Emerging Daily with Charlton Scott Fisher. Scott is the founder and leader of Emerge Nashville, a spiritual refuge that's an evolving ministry expressing radical grace every day. Emerge is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your tax-deductible gift and to learn more about Emerge, visit EmergeNashville.org or email EmergeNashville at gmail.com. We hope this program will help you to emerge as pure gold and to steer you to put love into action.
0: If you like good old country cooking, then you're going to love Bale's Little Country Kitchen, located at 210 West High Street in Lebanon, right in the heart of Middle Tennessee. Bale's Little Country Kitchen is family owned and operated, and is Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. They have a terrific breakfast and lunch menu, as well as awesome specials throughout the week, like the Friday night, all you care to eat catfish dinner and fixins, and their Saturday morning breakfast bar. And now they've teamed up with We Deliver to bring their super southern food right to your home or office. You can find out more by going to their website, BellsLebanon.com, where you can see their menu and specials, and even order delivery. That's BellsLebanon.com, located at 210 West High Street in Lebanon. You're gonna love Bells Little Country Kitchen, Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. Welcome to today's edition of Emerging Daily. I'm Scott Fisher. Uh, This edition is coming out pretty late because, uh, to be quite honest, I wanted to hear what President Trump had to say about the shutdown of the government and about the border wall before we made this episode. Um, Because this is very important, and you may not want to be involved or have anything to do with politics, that's fine, but it affects you. It affects me. It affects all of us. And, you know, if we're following after love, if we're following spirituality, if we want to be more like God and to walk that out in our daily life, then it requires us to be aware of what's going on around us. It it requires us to be aware of what's going on within us, and it requires us to make our voice heard as i said yesterday to make our voice heard about the fact when, when when something is just flat out wrong or when it comes against our values when it comes against the the values pr- primarily associated with love you know if it's coming against love it's if it's coming against truth if it's coming against those things that we are pressing toward and holding high, then we need to stand up and stand out and and speak out about those things. And so, like I said, I wanted to hear what he had to say. Didn't say anything that really surprised me because he didn't say anything really any different than what he has other than he has stepped it up a little bit. Um, He's trying to say that uh, there's so many of these illegal aliens, quote, unquote, that are coming over here, uh, murdering people and, and committing crimes and this and that and the other, when the fact of the matter is the crime rate among people who are either illegal immigrants or immigrants in general, both classifications, the crime rate ab- among those two classifications or the classification of Im- immigrants in general, either one is way below that of, quote, normal, American-born citizens. I mean, that's just a fact. And to, to try to point these things out, saying, well, this one did that, and that one did that, and that one did that. What about the, the cop in Nashville that killed somebody running away from him? You know, And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. There were some things that even Obama did during his administration along the southern border that I just flat out do not agree with. Again, they come against the standard of love, The fact of the matter is, a lot of those things were not, they were not put out in the news the way things are now. And I'll tell you part of the reason why is because, first of all, his administration didn't run on trying to do something about building a wall. Second of all, they had a little bit of organization in what they did. And anybody that's even remotely associated with what's going on in Washington will tell you it's very chaotic. And it has been ever since Trump's been in there. Now, is this just a Trump bashing podcast? By no means, because that's not what this is about. But it is about standing up for truth and for love. And it just so happens, Trump doesn't stand for either of those, apparently. And many of the people that have helped put him there claim to stand for truth and love. And that's why I'm speaking so boldly and loudly against it. Because the evangelical church helped put him there, and they're the ones claiming that they love Jesus and they love God and they're following after God when they put somebody in there doing crap like this. And it makes me mad, and it should make you mad. You know, I don't. I want to play you this clip. This is Robin Williams, and I love Robin Williams. You know, I miss him. <laughs> I didn't know him personally, but I wish I did. Uh, but I grew up even from him being on Happy Days as Mork, and then Mork and Mindy. But this is a clip, and I want you to listen to this. Now, this was from 2009, and his stand-up DVD was called uh, Weapons of Self-Destruction. Now, in this clip, he's talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger being the governor of California and about him talking about trying to build a wall back then along the California and Mexico border. But listen to this little clip. Oh, And before you listen, let me just tell you, some of the terms, some of the words that he uses may be offensive. If you would like to fast forward, uh, it's only about a, it's less than a five minute clip. If you want to fast forward, that's fine. But it's super funny. So please listen to this.
1: And It's so weird too, if you elect celebrities, it's always not a great idea. Because in California, we are a 60% Hispanic state. We elected an Austrian governor. Even old Nazis are going, that's weird.
0: <laughs> Here's a hard time even saying the name of the state. Arnold, where are you governor? <laughs> 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 immigration? Arnold's a little old school. Arnold, how will you handle immigration? I will build a wall. <laughs> and even the Chinese go, that will not fucking work. <laughs> they will go around your wall. And who will build the wall? The people you are trying to fucking keep out. So he talks about a wall, shuts down our government. And he said a few weeks ago, he said, yes, I will shut down the government. And then he's trying to turn it around and saying it's the Democrats' fault when he had for the last year, the House and the Senate were both run by Republicans. If he wanted a wall so bad, why didn't he do it then? Why is he trying to do it? And blame the Democrats now and shut down the government over it. it has nothing to do with the standards that this country is supposedly built on. The values that we are supposedly built on. No, it's, it's, it's about the fact that you've got this person in there that's arrogant. And the only reason he's really trying to do this is because as one of the main things he ran his campaign on and he hasn't been able to do it. Because nobody thinks it's worthwhile to do. It has no common sense to try to put five point whatever billion dollars into something like that. And then he turns around and says, oh, it's not just about a wall. It's about security. Well, the Democrats have been trying to fund security. And they're willing to put security funds in there. They have put security funds in there. There's even funds that were put in there that haven't even been used yet for border security. One of your best place to get your facts and to hear news that is very unbiased, and, and I don't know of anybody that may not have some bias, uh, it's almost impossible to share news and not have a little bit of bias because we're human. But one of your best unbiased uh, sources for news is NPR. So I would very much encourage you, if you do not listen to NPR and the Middle Tennessee area, uh, it's Nashville Public Radio, NPR. Uh, on FM, it's 90.3. Um, they've got a website. You can listen to it online. Uh, you can stream it. They've got uh, apps for your phone. Uh, if you're not listening in the Middle Tennessee area, just look up NPR. Uh, I believe it's npr.org. And they have apps you can listen to on your phones as well. But they are probably in my opinion, the best source for news. And they'll tell you some things that you don't even hear on CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, which I don't consider Fox News anyway, but whatever. You will not hear some of the things that NPR talks about because they go a little bit deeper many times into the story and they'll even share some stories and nobody else is even talking about. So. I love NPR. But getting back to uh, this wonderful wall, you know, we have things going on. We have children in this nation that don't have enough to eat. There's parents that don't have money to pay for their children to have something to eat. And yet we want to spend five something billion dollars on a wall. I mean, really? Do we really need such a thing? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. We have, a, we have a border along Canada. Oh, but you say, well, people aren't flooding in here from Canada. Well, I'll give you that. They're not. Not the way they are from, from South America and, and Mexico and all, all that. They're not. They're not flooding in from there. But why are they coming here? Are they coming here trying to destroy our nation? No. They're coming over here to try to better themselves. How can we, if we really love God... If we really love people, if we're really trying to follow spirit, if we're really trying to follow truth, how can we how can we not welcome them? And then like I said, yeah, there are people here that don't have money to pay for food to eat. But whose fault is that? Is that just because we have so many people over here? No. That's not why. It's not because people are coming here from other nations, and so therefore we don't have enough to give these people. You can go to any grocery store and there's plenty of stuff that gets thrown away every day. I used to be a general manager for restaurants. I know how food is thrown away every single day, every hour of every day, just because it's out of date or just because it's a few hours old or maybe just a few minutes old. Oh, well, we need to throw that away. We waste more in one hour in this nation than what it would take to feed everybody. And I'll be the first to tell you, I don't want anybody getting sick over food that's gone bad. I don't want that. I don't want to get sick over food that's gone bad. But I also know there's no reason for it to get to that place that it makes you sick just to eat it when it could be easily frozen or put somewhere to where it won't go bad and we can use it to feed somebody that needs it. So there's so much that can be done that's not being done. You know, churches are doing some. There's other NPOs and NGOs that are doing some things. The fact of the matter is, if all of us would work together, there's not a reason in this world why anybody in this world would not have more than enough to eat every single meal and snack time of every day. There's no reason. We've got more than enough food just in this country to feed everybody. And that's just a fact. I mean, it is. And yet... We want to put a wall up saying, you know, don't come over here because you're not good enough. And that's really what he said to a degree when he said we're going to restrict immigration from certain countries and we're only going to allow people from other countries and only if they meet certain qualifications. And if you look at the nations that were restricted and were not allowed and those that were, basically what you're saying is, Almost that we only want certain Caucasian or Asian people over here, and not even certain Asians, and not even certain Caucasians, really, only certain people. That's just not love in any form or fashion. If we're going to walk in love, and if you have not listened to that podcast about loving your neighbor as yourself and what that really means, please listen to it. But if we're going to claim to walk in love, and I'm not talking to everybody because everybody's not trying to walk in love. There's people that are still trying to fulfill their own little thing. Obviously, that's the case because we've got this prime example of it sitting in the Oval Office. There's people that are trying to just do their own thing and all they're concerned about is themselves. I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to those people who claim, anyway, to be following after love. And that's why, again, I'll go back to the religious leaders of this nation, many of them. Now, there's some. There's uh, D. E. Polk and uh, Don Polk in Atlanta. There's Carlton Pearson. There's uh, Donnie Reber McGuire. There's John McLean in Nashville. T. D. Jakes is another one that will stand up for love and for truth. And there's others out there. Um, and I'm right now. I'm primarily speaking of Christian leaders. But if you've ever seen uh, Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday, she always has very influential spiritual and religious leaders, not only from the Christian faith, but from other faiths. I've never seen one who wasn't promoting love and truth. There's plenty of religious leaders in and around our nation. And I can't name them all right now because my mind just went blank when I was trying to. But there are some. That do stand up for truth, do stand up for love, and try to walk in that and not just walk in it themselves, but try to encourage others to walk in it and try to lead others into that walk. But they're few and far between right now. Getting back to, to Christianity and specifically evangelical Christianity. And I can speak about that because I was in it. I was, uh, I was, I grew up Southern Baptist. I began preaching in, uh, charismatic evangelical churches. So I know what I'm talking about and I know some of these leaders. I've met some of these leaders. I'm not best friends with all of them, <laughs> you know, but I have met some of them such as, you know, I mentioned yesterday, James Robinson, shaking hands and spoken with him in private and sat in some, uh, closed door sessions with some of them, even James Robinson of whom I'm talking about. Uh, when I was living in Tulsa going to school, I sit in a closed door session with him and just maybe 10, 15 others. So I know some of these people. I know that somewhere they, they might even, they're deceived. They're deceived. That's what it is, is somehow they are deceived into thinking that they're walking and doing according to love when, when it doesn't take much to look at what some of the things that they're promoting and some of the things that they're doing is quite the contrary, you know, and you've got, but the thing is, you've got these that have a platform that people have access to from all over the world. I mean, I'm talking about people like James Robinson, people like Pat Robertson with uh, CBN, um, James Dobson, Paula White, Franklin Graham, you know, some of these that are so prominent and yet they're just, they're not standing up and saying wait a minute this is wrong oh but you say well maybe they're just going behind the scenes and talking to him that's fine and dandy they need to do that if they have access to him but the fact of the matter is they need to get up on their platform on their tv shows and radio shows uh you know even people like uh joyce meyer and uh what's his name there in houston uh joel osteen should they use should they not use their platform to say wait a minute This is not how love looks. This is not how love acts. This is not how love works. And hold the people who are watching them and listening to them accountable for the fact that we made this possible. The fact of the matter is, I believe it's either, I'll have to look, it's either 71 or 81. I believe, I'm pretty sure it's 81% of evangelicals voted for Trump. Why? Just because they didn't want to see Hillary in there? Well, let me tell you, I certainly was not a Hillary fan either. To be quite honest with you, I was a Bernie fan. But nevertheless, I would I would not have expected that many people who claim to be, quote, Christian, to support somebody who not long even before the election was bragging about things that are so unbecoming of a, a leader in general, but especially a president. But I'll tell you, I knew that Trump was going to be elected. I mean, I knew it. Whether you want to call it prophecy, a word of knowledge, whatever you want to term it as, I knew that Trump was going to be elected. Spirit had told me this is how it was going to be and it was going to bring some things to light that had been laid dormant during the time that Obama was in there because a lot of people thought the race thing was okay. You know, we had a, our first black president. So, you know, race issues, okay. No, it was lying dormant. They thought some of these other issues were okay. No, they were lying dormant. And it took Trump getting in there to bring some of these things to light that's just been lying there dormant, but they were in the hearts of of people in this country. You know, I grew up in the 80s, well, in the 70s and 80s. You know, I graduated high school in 89, just to share a little bit how old I am. Um, But in the 80s and 90s, All you heard about from the Southern Baptists and other evangelicals was, oh, this homosexual agenda is going to destroy our country. But when you have that kind of mindset and you're so talking about this other person's agenda, when the fact of the matter is the evangelicals have their agenda, Baptists have their agenda, and Trump has an agenda, I assume. I don't really know what it is yet. I don't know if anybody knows. He might not even know. Maybe he don't have an agenda. Maybe he's just going off to cuff, saying whatever he thinks people like to hear, trying to stir them up, and then puts himself in a hole by saying it. Quite frankly, I think that's a lot of it. He just says stuff, don't even think about it, and then there it is. There we are. Anyway, these people who support this president, who support whatever kind of funky, freaky unorganized agenda he may seem to appear to have one of their biggest idols is ronald reagan now ronald reagan was okay i grew up when he was in there i know about ronald reagan i remember when he got shot but one of the main key points of his tenure as president was when he said this one of their biggest idols is ronald reagan Now, Ronald Reagan was okay. I grew up when he was in there. I know about Ronald Reagan. I remember when he got shot. But one of the main key points of his tenure as president was when he said this.
1: Mr. Gorbachev,
0: tear down this wall. But now the rally cry of that same group of people that supported Reagan is saying, let's build a wall. Now, how about face is that? Then I've heard people say, okay, well, the Berlin Wall divided Germany. That's not true. Germany was already divided. Germany was divided before the wall was built. Germany was divided in the forties. The wall wasn't built till 61. And then they say, oh, Reagan wanted them to tear the wall down was because it was dividing Germany. Now, Germany was already divided. Germany was divided before. There were two nations, and East Germany was part of the USSR. So they were not the same nation. This was a border between two nations, just like what Trump is wanting to do. It's a. It was a border between two nations. And you know why? That they wanted the wall put? Guess who wanted the wall put there? First of all, why did they put the wall there? Let's talk about why they built the wall. Okay. The reason the wall was built was because even in 1949, there was over, there were over 2,000 people leaving, fleeing from East Germany to West Germany. Over 2,000 a day, 2,000 a day, 2,000 a day in 1949, 2,000 people a day on average were fleeing immigrating and you would call it illegally from East Germany to West Germany. Now that's a lot of people, 2,000 people a day because that's not a, you know, when you look at Germany on the map and especially once you look at it, it's two separate countries as East Germany and West Germany, that's not a big landmass, but you got 2,000 people a day leaving East Germany, going over to West Germany. Guess who wanted the wall? Hold on for a second. I'll tell you. Now think about this in East Germany, East Berlin, you've got an economic situation that was so much more worse than the West. Food and housing was scarce. There were fewer jobs. And those that had jobs were far less paid in East Germany than they were in West Germany. And their freedoms were so much more restricted in East Germany than in West Germany. Now, like I said, 2,000 people a day in 1949. By 1961, the year that the wall was built, you had up to 3,000 people a day leaving, fleeing, immigrating illegally from East Germany to West Germany. Now, West Germany is a separate country. This is a border between two countries. They're leaving the one country. Why? For economic reasons, for uh, the fact that they didn't have freedom as much. They didn't have the opportunities and they were trying to get a better life. So they were going over to another country, crossing a border wall to get there. Now, The wall wasn't even built yet. They were crossing a border to get there. But guess who wanted the wall? Well, if you're thinking like Trump and his followers, oh, then it must have been West Germany because you had so many people a day coming over there. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? There, There's so many immigrants coming over here. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We just can't sustain it. What are we going to do? No, 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 no. Listen, it was East Germany that wanted the wall. East Germany built the wall, not West Germany, because they didn't want their people getting the freedom that they were getting over in the other side. They didn't want their people having the opportunities that they were getting on the other side. They didn't want to lose their people. It wasn't West Germany that built the wall, even though at the time the wall was built, there were 3,000 people a day crossing that small border. West Germany wasn't crying out, let's build a wall to stop these people from coming over here because they're trying to get a better life. No, they did not. West Germany did not build the wall. It was East Germany. So whose thinking is predominant in the White House right now? Is it West German thinking or East German thinking? You tell me. It sure doesn't sound like it was the thinking of West Germany. It sounds to me like it was the communist type thinking Of East Germany. And so that's why Reagan said, tear the wall down. But no, now we've come about face. We're saying, oh, we don't want these people coming over here experiencing the freedom that we have. We can't sustain them. There's so many people. Get real. Just think all the real estate that we've got in this country. And I've already told you how much food we throw away every hour of every day. Get real. That's not love in any form at all. This is about love, people. What do you think motivated Martin Luther King Jr.? It was love. The people that were in his circle and that walked with him, spoke alongside him, they were promoting love. Yeah, they had an agenda and that was love. It was equality. That's a part of love. And love does uphold equality, equality among between men and women. Equality between different races. Equality between the nations. Equality between, it's about equality. That's part of love. It's to recognize the fact, hey, you're just as important as me. And really, you should be more important than me if I'm loving you as myself. Or at the very least, as important as me. And so touching on that, let's talk about this cop in Nashville last year who shot a man running away from him. He was obviously going away from the guy. They have video of him running away from the man. And yet this cop shoots this man in the back. And the judge even said he didn't even really have a reason to be chasing this man. I want you to hear what the DA, Glenn Funk in Nashville, had to say in some of his closing remarks. Because he's been he's been uh, criticized for what he said. But I'll tell you, I agree with what he said. So listen to what he said.
1: Same defense that... Himmler used at Nuremberg, Lieutenant Callie used in Vietnam, and now Andrew Delkey is propounding to this court. Any person in Davidson County who shoots someone who is running away from them, shoots them in the back and kills them, needs to be held accountable.
0: Now, the judge even has said that the cop had no even reason to be chasing the guy, much less shoot him in the back. And I'm, you know... There's things Glenn Funk has done as the DA that I do really don't agree with. But on this thing, yes, I do. I think he is standing up for truth and standing up for what's right. Because don't tell me that you're just doing something just because you were just doing your job. You know, I've heard people, some of the ones, even getting back to the border for a second, some of the ones that are, part of the border patrol that locked up these kids and separated them and put them in cages. Oh, well, I was just doing my job. I was just doing what I was told. That's not an excuse. And if you claim to be a Christian and you claim to be somebody who's trying to follow Christ, you cannot do that. It's time for you to stand up and say, all right, this ain't right. And either I'm going to get this changed or I'm walking away from this job. And I don't care if you're in the military if you're a cop, if you whatever job you have for you for you to just say, OK, I'm just doing my job. I'm just following orders. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, that's not an excuse. You have a choice. and You can either follow after love or you can not. But don't try to blame it on somebody else. It's your choice. It's your choice. And that's what Glenn Funk is saying here. This man made a choice to shoot this guy in the back. Did he have to? No. And it's high time that the police need to quit resorting to this kind of violence against people. They don't have to shoot someone to kill. When they shoot, if they, if they go to a range and shoot, what are they, what's the target? Most of the time, it's right there in the middle, right in the center of the body, right in the heart, or the head. Why? Can you not shoot somebody in a leg? Can you not shoot somebody in the arm? Is it that hard? Then you don't need to be shooting them anyway. Fatal force is not necessary. I don't care what it is. What makes your life more valuable than this other person's life? What made that man's life more uh, easy to throw away than this cop? What made the cop's life more valuable? Just because he's a cop, does that make his life more valuable? No, no, no. And if you believe that, then I think you should rethink some of your beliefs because we are equal. We are one. And I'm a part of you, and you're a part of me. Your life is just as important as mine, and it doesn't matter what my job is or what my position is. And it doesn't matter what your job is or what your position is. Our lives are just as valuable. That's why the Black Lives Matter uh, came up. And, you know, people didn't like that, and so they say, oh, cops' lives matter. Yeah, they do. Everybody's lives matter. But the reason they brought up the black lives matter is because it doesn't take a genius to look at the statistics and see who's being killed by the cops. It's not a more white people. Oh, but you say, oh, but it's black people that are doing more of the crimes. Is that really true? Is it? Or is it just the fact they're the ones getting caught in the crosshairs? So I thank you, Glenn Funk. And I thank the judge that took a stand and said, okay, this needs to go to trial. She could have easily dismissed it. But she said, no, this needs to be brought to the grand jury. And I question whether that would have happened had there been a man, a male judge, I don't think a male judge would have made that decision. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think a male judge would have made that decision. I think a male judge would have said, no, no, he was just doing his job. He was doing what he's supposed to do and dismissed it. Or at the very least, brought the charges down much lower than what they are now. So I think that judge and I thank district attorney for standing up for truth. And it, well, this is a talk for another day. But no matter how you look at it, murder is murder. And is murder murder just because, is murder not murder just because you have on a green or a tan uniform and you are blue uniform and you're over in another nation doing the killing? That's a talk for another day. Getting on to something else that's good news. You know, I said that uh, it's good news that this DA and this judge are upholding truth. Another good thing is that the governor of Tennessee uh, finally granted clemency to, uh, let's see what her name was, Cynthia Brown. I think I'm saying that right. Finally gave her clemency. Now she doesn't actually get out of prison until August because apparently she's still got to finish the fifth. I think it's 15 years or whatever. But you know, that's a good thing because she was, she was put in prison because of killing somebody. Well, you know, and i go back to what made one's life more valuable than the other. But if it was in self-defense of the fact that she was in human being trafficked, she was in human trafficking and she was the one being trafficked. And she was trying to get out of that. And somebody was forcing her into it. And I'm not saying murder is right. I don't believe it is under any circumstance, but to hold her when she was that young and in that circumstance and to hold her in prison for the rest of her life, or at least until she's too old to really begin to have a life. Because if, you know, you get out 60 something years old out of prison, what kind of future do you really have? You know, I think it was a, it was a good thing that she was granted clemency and that she's going to get her freedom. And especially looking at what she's done while she's been there. She's really, you know, she's, I think uh, I heard NPR say that she's earned two degrees while she's there. Uh, She's tried to help other women while she's there, while she's been there. And I'll say this, just because somebody was in there for something doesn't mean that that's how they are now. People do change. People can change, but that's a good thing that she was let out. Now, you might not think it's a good thing, but you can't, you can't look at it with, through the eyes of love and not say it's a good thing because what kind of eyes of love, of true love, godly love, wants anybody to be in a prison anyway? You say, oh, do I think the prisons should just be closed? We're not talking about that right now, but I am saying this. How can you want Somebody who's wanting to do good and wanting to help people to remain in that kind of a, a state. And then regardless, getting back to the message, uh, the podcast that I gave a few weeks ago, or a few days ago, rather, um, about love. Jesus said, when I was in prison, you came and visited me. And they said, well, when did we, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. He didn't say when I was in prison unjustly or when I was in prison wrongly accused. He just said when I was in prison. And so I don't care who it is. They still should be visited and they still should be loved. Tomorrow we'll talk. We'll talk some more about what's going on and about how all this relates to love, because if we're not walking in, if we're if we're not promoting love, if we're not talking about love, and we're not talking about how these things relate to love, how are we supposed to walk in love when we don't understand how love works? Well, to understand how love works, we have to look at it in light of what we're dealing with today. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're talking about what we're going through today, what this country is going through today, what this world is experiencing today, and how love reacts to that. And how love can choose to effect positive change to that. And we're trying to promote everybody to have to begin to have an emerging love walk. What does that mean? The word emerge means to come out. It also means to come from one situation to another. So we're saying let's go into more and more and more day by day, glory to glory, into a greater love walk. Oh, by the way. Uh, the podcast is now, uh, I think I told you yesterday we're on Apple Podcasts. We're also now on Spotify, um, and some others I can't even remember right now, but, you know, we're on, I think it's about 10 different platforms and not even including our own website. You know, you can get our podcast from our website, emergingdaily.com, but you can also now get it from about 10 other platforms. So please subscribe. And as I said yesterday, um... If you have the Anchor uh, app on the iPhone, I'm not sure if it's this. If they even have one on uh, the Android, I was told that the Apple app. If you will use the Apple app for Anchor, and you can get it by going to Anchor.fm, or you can go to the through iTunes where you get the apps there. But if you use their app to listen to our podcast, there's a place there where you can send us a voice message. An audio message that we can uh, hear you and that we could possibly use on a future podcast. And so, please uh, utilize that and send us your questions, send us some of your comments. And understand that if we do, if first, if you submit a voice message or, or, or an audio message, that you're giving us permission to use it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we will. And obviously, some you know we may even get some that are. Uh, very inflammatory, <laughs> I guess you could say. Um, but anyway, use the app. If you have it, if you don't, uh, you might think about getting it. And like I said, you can bring, you can send us some voice messages that we could use in our podcast where you can ask questions and we might uh, put that there or comments about some things that we're, we've talked about or are talking about or will talk about. And uh, we would really appreciate it if you do send uh, a voice message or audio message or whatever, please uh, mention your first name and where you're from because that would would be great and that would give us an idea of where people are listening and, and so on and so forth. Do you like to shop online for either yourself or for gifts for others? Do you like the convenience of shopping online but also like to help support local shops and retailers? What if you could do both? Check out BalesGiftsAndMore.com Bales Gifts and More is locally owned and operated, based just outside of Nashville in Lebanon, Tennessee. They have men's and women's clothing fashions and accessories, wallets, handbags, watches, jewelry, books, media, home and office items, electronics, and more, all at great prices. And they add new items to their inventory almost every day. So go to BalesGiftsAndMore.com and use promo code EMERGE when you check out to get an additional 10% off your purchase, excluding sellout. That's BalesGiftsAndMore.com.
1: listening today and we hope you were stirred to put love into action. Feel free to send your questions or comments to EmergeNashville at gmail.com and please consider donating on our website EmergeNashville.org or write to Emerge PO Box 3242 Lebanon Tennessee 37088.